0: The story begins with a glorious creator and his beautiful creation. We read about this in Genesis 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You know there's no argument here for the existence of god there's there's no like here's proof one proof two proof three that god exists this story just assumes the existence of god it opens up by saying in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and sometimes i think we go through life (laughs) And we miss out on what God has created. And sometimes we just need to pause and look around us and take in God's creation. Whether you go into the woods, you go to the beach, you're driving down the road, if you're looking out the window while you're on the train, or if you're just going for a walk, Stop and take in the beauty that surrounds you. Because we take it for granted so often. God created the heavens and the earth. This beauty that he has created surrounds us. And so often we miss out on it because we just go about our day we're concerned about this we're concerned about that we have negative thoughts going through our mind and the last thing that we think of is enjoying the creation of God but yet it is there in every moment if we just take time to look because God created everything you realize that even the things that are created by people God created the materials that those people used to create that. So even man's creation is God's creation. And how beautiful it is. Now we're going to look at the days of creation here and we we've, we've done this I think at least once before maybe twice before where we kind of go through the days of creation. But it's been a while since we've done it, and and you know it's always good to review things. If, if you remember when you were in school, you didn't just learn something and go on, you reviewed what you learned just off the top of your head. anybody remember what God created on the third day? There you, but you were in the first service. <laughs> All right, that's why we're going to review. Now, this is a, this is a uh, participatory, how do you even say that? One? Participatory, I think I got it, activity. So we're all going to stand up, all right? And we've got these hand motions where we're going to learn the days of creation. Now, you may think, oh, he must have learned this in Sunday school as a kid. Nope, I learned it my freshman year of college. Okay, this is college-level stuff I'm getting ready to teach you here. But the cool thing about it is that it also works for Sunday school if you're working with Sunday school kids. All right, here it is. First of all, you put your hands up like you're shielding the light from your eyes, okay? Because on the first day, God created light, all right? And then you move your hands out from there, out like this, because on the second day, God created the sky, all right? On the first day, God created? Oh, you're much better than the first service. On the second day, God created? All right, for the third day, you bring your fingers down here and you wiggle them because on the third day, God created vegetation, the grass and the trees and the plants and all that stuff, okay? So that's what he created on the third day. All right, from the top, on the first day, God created? On the second day? On the third day? Alright, for the fourth day, you keep your fingers wiggling and you just bring them up to the top. Because on the fourth day he created the sun, moon, and stars. The sun, moon, and stars. All those things we see twinkling up in the up in the heavens. Okay? Alright, from the top. On the first day, God created? On the second day, on the third day, on the fourth day. All right, for the fifth day, you bring your arms out like this, and you just kind of flap them up and down, and you do your lips like this. That's my favorite one. Because on the fifth day, God created fish and fowl, or fish and birds. But fish and fowl kind of has that, that rolling of the F there. So it's fish and fowl on the fifth day. Okay, from the top. On the first day, God created? On the second day? on the third day on the fourth day on the fifth day it's hard to say why you got your lips like that isn't it all right for the sixth day you bring your hands on down and you hold up four fingers and two fingers because on the sixth day god created four-legged animals and two-legged people don't get those confused okay he created some two-legged animals too but for the most part it's four-legged animals and two-legged people Okay, that is on the sixth day. All right, let's review. On the first day, God created? On the second day? On the third day? On the fourth day? On the fifth day? On the sixth day? All right, and for the seventh day, you just bring your hands up and you put them behind your head and relax because on the seventh day, God rested. Now, we're going to go through it one more time. Is that all right? With a whole bunch of enthusiasm. Here we go. (laughs) On the first day, God created. On the second day. On the third day. On the fourth day. On the the fifth day. On the sixth day. And on the seventh day. All right, you can rest too. Have a seat. All right, good job. Give yourselves a hand. Now, the cool thing about that story, as you read that story, especially if you read it in the the NIV version, you'll see at the end of each day, when God looked at what he created, he looked at it and he said, it is good. It is good. When he looked at the light that he created, he said, this is good. At the end of the second day, when he created the sky, he looked at everything he created and he said, this is good. At the end of the third day, when he created the the vegetation, the plants, and the trees, and the grass, and all that stuff, he looked at everything he created, and he said, it is good. At the end of the fourth day, when he created the sun, the moon, and the stars, he looked at everything he created and he said, it is good. If you've ever been someplace where it's really, really dark and you're able to look up in the middle of the night and see the stars twinkling, you know, I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it's a little bit difficult to do in Glen Cove because we've got so much light here. Definitely difficult to do it in the city because you got so much light. But if you go out to like Montauk or someplace like that, we went out there last summer. And we went out on the beach in the middle of the night. It was like 11 o'clock. Man, it was beautiful. The only light you could see was the moon and stars it was beautiful (laughs) you can understand why God looked at what he created and he said it is good at the end of the fifth day after he created the fish and the birds he looked at what he created and he said it is good when we look at God's creation and we truly take it in we understand how good it really is at the end of the sixth day after he created animals and people he didn't say it is good he said it is very good so what's the difference between all these other days and the sixth day what made every other day good which is good i mean good's not bad right good is good so it's a good thing but six days seem to be somewhat better because he said it is very good. Why was the sixth day very good? We are his best creation. He created us. He created people. He created humankind. And we are the only creation, the Bible says, that we were created in his image. In his image. And when he looked down on that creation, when he looked down on us and he said, it is very good good because you see god has a special relationship with us a more intimate relationship than he has with trees or with the stars or with the moon or with the fish or with the birds he has this this intimate relationship with us because we were created in his image and it is a beautiful thing and that is where we find our place For the first time in his story, when we were created on that sixth day, you know, have you ever wondered why God didn't create us earlier? I mean, maybe we could have helped with the rest of creation, maybe. Like, God, you know, I think this tree would look better over here. Now, we would have messed everything up, wouldn't we? Matter of fact, nothing messed up in creation until after he made us and that's when things started going downhill so maybe god knew what he was doing when he created us last there toward the end and then can't you just imagine adam and eve they're created on one day and the next day they rest It's like what are we rested for we just got here yesterday <laughs> but god created a rhythm not only of humans, but of all creation, where we need that rest. There have been multiple studies done that shows that people are more productive when they work six days and they rest one day than if they work seven whole days. They're more productive. Why do you think that is? (laughs) Maybe God just created us. That way, Maybe what the Bible has been saying all along, science is finally catching up and going, yeah, I guess you got something there. It's this rhythm in the creation that God has put together that gives us this rest. Now, we're, we kind of summarize the days of creation. This, this last part, as we look at the creation of humankind, we're going to look at that a little more in depth. We're going to start with Genesis 1 verse 27 and it says so God created mankind in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them (laughs) you see God created us in his image as I said before that's the only creation that that is said of is that we were created in his image now there's there's some debate as to what that means what does that mean that God just got an image in his head of how we were going to look and that's the way he created us is it talking about physical attributes that you know we have similar attributes physical attributes to what God really looks like or is it more of the characteristics of God that that he created in us and I don't know maybe it's a combination of those two possibly I don't know I just know that there's something special about us because God created us in his image, and it doesn't say that about anything else. Verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. You see, God put us in charge of what he had created. Now, we don't always do a very good job with that. But as people of God, we should be concerned about taking care of the earth, about our environment. We don't want to just be trashing it. and we had, Historically, we have not done a very good job with that responsibility. But that is our responsibility. God created all of this. And then he put us in charge of it. Rule over this. And, and rule over it doesn't mean that we could just take it and do whatever we want with it. Sometimes we act that way. But that's not what it means. It means, you know, I'm, I'm making you a steward of this, I'm making you a manager of everything that I've created. So take good care of it. And don't just trash it. I believe we have a responsibility as people of God to do that. We're going to go on down to verses 29 and 30. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of all the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground... Everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. <laughs> you see, here's the amazing thing. When we take care of the earth, when we take care of the environment, God takes care of us through that environment. The worse we treat the environment, the less God takes care of us through that environment. And we, and we see that. See, God put us in charge of everything that he created. But through that, the better we take care of it, the more he blesses us through that. And I know this passage of Scripture talks specifically about food, but even our oxygen is impacted and influenced by the way we take care of things, by the way we take care of the environment. And so we need to take that into consideration as our role in his story verse 31 god saw all that he had made and it was very good and there was evening and there was a morning the sixth day we talked about that he looked at everything he created on that sixth day and he said it is very good every other day was good but the sixth day was very good because he created us he created humankind he created someone to have an intimate relationship with moving on over to genesis chapter 2 verse 1 it says thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array all their vast array that's what i was talking about earlier (coughs) oftentimes we just go through life day to day doing everything that we normally do and we we fail to stop and take in the vast array of god's creation it truly is beautiful if you've ever flown on a plane and looked down on the earth as you're flying man you can understand why god looked down and said it is good And you realize when he did that, it looked a whole lot better than it does now. But even now, it looks very beautiful. Take in the vast array of God's creation. (laughs) Verses 2 and 3. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done that day of rest and sometimes we not only do we not take care of the environment sometimes we don't take care of us we all need a day of rest we need that time (laughs) and i tell you what it works best if you can get a 24-hour period but if that is just absolutely positively impossible for you i would debate that but if, if that's your conclusion that that is impossible for you, then, then break it up. Maybe find two 12-hour periods of time where you can, you can rest. Because we need that rest when we're always on the go, we're always doing things, we're always working. We are actually less productive than if we have that rest. Why? Because that's the way God made us, the rhythm of our lives are made that way. God created this this perfect environment, and Adam and Eve were living in this perfect environment. There was no death. There was no sickness. There was no pain. There was no COVID. It wasn't even the common cold. It was just a perfect situation in god's grand never-ending story and then we messed it up we messed it up adam and eve both sinned they both disobeyed god and when they did it tarnished that perfect situation And it brought into the world death and sickness and disease and pain and agony. You see, Adam and Eve were playing this role in God's grand, never-ending story. But they traded that for another story. They traded that for being the star of their own small, short story. And I believe that's what we face on a daily basis. When we're trying to find our place in God's story, sometimes we don't feel satisfied with that. That's what Adam and Eve were experiencing. They weren't satisfied with the situation. And we're like, wow, if I, if I eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I could be like God. That was the argument. I could be the star of my own story. I don't have to play some supporting role. I could be the star of my own story. And we see how that turned out listen every day we have the choice are we going to play the role that god has for us in his grand never-ending story or are we going to try to be the star in our small short story of our own my encouragement to you this morning (laughs) is that you would trade your little stories of lesser fame for the never-ending grand story of God that you would trade your small short story where you may be the star but the but the story's just not that good and it's short it's small I would encourage you to be a part play the role that God has for you in his grand never-ending story Why? Why would I make that choice? Why would I trade being the star of my own story in order to just play a role in God's story? Well, I'm going to give you what I think are three very convincing reasons. One of them, the first one is, you're already in God's story. (laughs) When you trade in his story for your story, you're not literally leaving his story. It's not like, okay, that's it's another dimension, another universe. You're still in God's story. You are already in God's story. You are here by divine design. You realize that God put you on this earth at this time in history because this is exactly where he wanted you at this time in history. <laughs> you are here by divine design. Regardless of the situation surrounding your birth, you are here exactly when God wanted you to be here. There may be such a thing as illegitimate parents, but there is no such thing as illegitimate children. They are here because God wanted them here at that time. You're here by divine design. So what is the difference? What is the difference between trying to, be the star of my own story or playing the role in God's grand never-ending story this is the difference comes down to one word surrender surrender when we try to be the star of our own story man we want to take it over all right, I got to do this. I got to get that done. I got to make sure I accomplish this. I got to make sure I accomplish that. I've got to work through this situation. I got to do that. And man, you just you're you're choreographing your whole life and you're getting it all together because you're going to be the star of your own story. We don't realize how small and short our story really is. <laughs> and when we trade that in, what we're literally doing is surrendering. And we're saying, "Okay, God, not about me it's about you what do you want to do with me we change our prayer from make much of me to lord help me make much of you in all that we do and listen you may do something where you you get written up about or you you get a lot of likes on facebook or or whatever social media you use i mean you may even get interviewed on the news or you may be up on a stage where thousands of people come to you and there's not anything wrong with that unless that becomes the focus of your life because then you're trying to be the star of your own show (laughs) just surrender to god we're not asking god to make much of us we're saying, Lord, help me make much of you. Many of you know that I'm a, a Kentucky basketball fan, Kentucky Wildcats basketball fan. And they are actually down in the Bahamas this week playing exhibition games. And I've been watching them. <laughs> and uh, our star player, Oscar Shebway, actually won National Player of the Year last year. And you know, most of the time, when somebody gets National Player of the Year, they don't hang around another year. They go on to the NBA. I think 2008 was the last time that a national player of the year stayed and played another year after they won the award. And so it was a shock that he stayed. And somebody interviewed him while they were down at the Bahamas, and they said, what made you decide to stay another year? And I love this. Oscar Shibway says, I didn't decide. God decided. God decided that he wanted me to stay another year. And he had said that back at the end of the season last year. That God wanted him to stay. You know what he's doing there. He's National Player of the Year. He could have gone on to the NBA, been a star, got the big bucks. And I hope that works out for him. I hope that eventually he gets there. Hopefully by next year he's going to be in there. He's going to be playing for the big bucks. And he's going to be making a name for himself. I hope that happens for him. But the fact that he decided to stay because God wanted him to stay. Is this. He wasn't praying. God make much of me. He was praying. God help me make much of you. That should be our prayer. (laughs) The second reason. That we should trade in. Our small short story. For God's grand never ending story. Is you bring more meaning and purpose. Into your life. Now, that sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because we think, well, you know, if I want meaning and purpose in my life, I've got to be the star. I've got to be the star of my own show. I've got to do my own thing. I've got to make sure all this happens and that happens. <laughs> but in reality, we find more meaning and purpose when we play the role that God has for us in his grand never-ending story because we were created for that. That's a reason he made us. Whatever role it is he's called us to do. That's why we were made. We were not made to be the star of our own small, short story. We were made to play a role in God's grand, never-ending story. And that's why we find more meaning and purpose in that than we do in our own story. I love this quote from Andy Stanley. He says, sooner or later... We all hit the big wall. It's the point in life when we realize that there has to be something bigger to life than living and dying. There has to be a big idea, a higher purpose. For some, it's a midlife crisis or the birth of their first child. For others, it's a haunting question that follows them throughout their lives. But for all of us, it's an issue we must confront. What's it all for? Why am I here? What's the big idea? Why are we even here? Are we here to just live, die and pay taxes? You know when you look at you go to the cemetery and you look at those graves, Tammy and I week before last, we got to go up to um Salem, Massachusetts. And we looked at some of those old cemeteries there, and they, they go back into the 1600s. It was, it was fascinating, fascinating. <laughs> but you know what you find on every, every, uh, every stone? You see a beginning date, you see an ending date, and you see a dash in between them. What's the point of the dash? Why are we here? Why is there a dash? There's got to be some reason, right? And we all come to that, that, that idea somewhere along the way. <laughs> and I believe the answer for that is in our role in God's grand, never-ending story. Andy Stanley goes on to say this. <laughs> Deep inside, our instincts tell us that there's something bigger going on in the universe. We're not simply random bunches of molecules that assemble for 70 years and then die eventually forgotten. Even the natural world around us suggests that there is a master creator, a big God. And within his big purpose for his creation, we experience our greatest sense of purpose when we find our places in the story, his big story. That's where we find our purpose because most of us if not all of us come to that place where we ask that question why are we here and that could take us in two different directions one it could take us to where we just kind of look at the world and we give up and we go what's the use you continue to get up in the morning you go and do your job you come home in the evening You sit down, you eat supper, and you get up the next day and you do the same thing again. And you do that for 40 years so that eventually you can retire and travel for a few years before you die. But then there's other people that when they come to that time in their lives, they discover that they have a role. They are not the star of their own short story. (laughs) They have a role in God's grand, never-ending story and that is when life turns on for them that's when they find the meaning and purpose of why god created us in the first place why we are even on this earth third reason that we should trade in our small short story for god's grand never-ending story is because you replace control with rest you replace control with rest. What do I mean by that? <laughs> when we are trying to be the star of our own story, we try to control everything. We've got to get this done. We've got to get that done. We've got to do this right. We've got to do that right. I've got to be in this place at this time, in that place at that time. I've got to talk to the right people. I've got to get into the right crowd. <laughs> if I'm going to climb this ladder, man, I've got to get to that place where I am the star of my own story and we just accept the role that God has for us. We don't have to be stressed with all that. Now, please don't misunderstand me. When I talk about rest, you know, not having the control, but you're having the rest, I'm not talking about, you know, you sit on the couch for 40 years watching TV your whole life. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) We're still active. We're still doing things. But we're, we're doing something that we were created to do that God has already planned out for us we just got to follow the plan. And there's rest in that. There's a reduction of stress in that. When we get to the point where we just say, God, I'm available. What do you want to do with me? What do you want to do? Where do you want me to go? You are in control. You just simply let go and let God do whatever he wants to do in your life. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And here's the cool thing. When we trade in our small, short story to play a role in God's grand, never-ending story, the after party is out of this world. Literally. When you play your part in God's grand never ending story it is just that it is grand and it is never ending it will go on forever our story will continue in that after party in the kingdom of God when we are celebrating and that is really what it's going to be it's going to be this eternal party that we're going to have in heaven I've shared with you guys before sometimes I lie awake at night thinking about how wonderful heaven is really going to be I get pumped up you think I'm enthusiastic now you just wait till i get there man i'm going to explode and listen i love you guys i love what i do here but when god is ready for me to go i'm gone i'm ready you'll find another person okay and, and i'll just sit up there and i'll have a party waiting for you to come to the party and we'll just all party together with god right there on his throne and us dancing and singing and praising all around his throne. I am looking forward to that day. And that's an end result of becoming a part of God's story when we find our place in his story. (laughs) It really comes down to this. This is the bottom line of all of this. Human beings were created to reflect God's image and to be in a relationship with him. That's what it comes down to. Now, there's specifics in that. God has given us spiritual gifts and passions and abilities and a certain personality and experiences to be able to serve him in specific ways. Yes, but it all comes from this. This is the foundation of all of this, that we were created to reflect God's image and to be in a relationship with him. And that's what was happening in the Garden of Eden. That's what was happening in that original creation before sin entered the world. And sin destroyed it but here's the good news <laughs> jesus can fix it now we're going to get into more detail next week with the sin we're going to be looking at the tragedy well every good story has a tragedy in it right so so does the story of god and we're going to be looking at that next week <laughs> but we just want to touch on it a little bit this week the fact that that sin came into the world and it tarnished that we are no longer a perfect reflection of God's image, and our relationship with him has been broken. But here is the good news about Jesus. Many of us are familiar with this verse, probably the most familiar verse in the Bible, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, Adam and Eve were created to have eternal life. But when they brought sin into the world, that was gone. That was destroyed. But through Jesus, it can be restored. Jesus came to die for our sins. And you know what Jesus did? He played his role in God's grand, never-ending story. And because Jesus played his role, it affects every one of us. It gives each and every one of us the opportunity through him to be able to spend eternity in heaven. We can overcome that death and live eternally because of Jesus. We have the opportunity to answer these questions. These last two questions we're going to look at on the screen as we wrap up. Do you want to star in your own small short story? Or do you want to play a role in God's grand, never-ending story? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your creation. Everything that we see, the beauty, the magnificence of it all. It's amazing. God, help us to take time to just take that in, the vast array of your creation. God, help us to never trade your grand never-ending story for our own small short story. Help us to play the role that you've laid out for us because we're already in your story. Now, God, we know that's where we find meaning and purpose. And it helps us to be able to give up control and just accept the rest that comes from following your lead. God, that is my prayer for each person here this morning. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.